0: Helping clients meet their financial goals and prepare for the future, Schroder's actively and responsibly manages investments. The world is forever changing, and we understand the need to adapt and evolve in line with what matters most to our clients.
1: Hello, my name is Sean Schaefer, and welcome to the City world Wealth Manager podcast. A few weeks ago, I spoke to four of this year's top 100 winners about their experience of fund selection during the COVID-19 pandemic. One area of disappointment seemed to be in their allocation to alternative investments. In our top 100 survey this year, the average allocation to alternatives stood at nearly 10%. Speakers in this debate included Richard Philbin from Wellian Investment Solutions, Sophie Kennedy from EQ Investors, Paul Sergey from Kingswood and Mona Shah from Stonehag Fleming. Obviously, there's been a bit of an expansion of interest in alternatives, and we we did sort of vaguely speak about that earlier. Um, but you, you know, the returns from alternatives haven't necessarily been stellar. Richard, you mentioned that you'd invested in some alternative strategies. Perhaps you could kind of ex- explain what, what had gone wrong there. Yeah, and
0: it was one of those scenarios where, and I, and I think. the 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 collapse in the markets in in march uh really hit this home the 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 simple way of saying is the the expectations of these holdings didn't deliver in in times of of fear uh yeah we, we found a number of the assets that we were invested in acted like equity markets uh and they didn't provide that that alternative that backstop that defensive nature that that diversified, low, lowly correlated uh, exposure that they were doing when markets were you know, yeah, last year and uh, yeah, that they were going up forward and, and the, the alternatives were, were plodding along. You expected them to act in, and come to the fore when the markets fell and they didn't. Um, and that, I think, was, was quite a, an eye-opener. Uh, you know, a lot of conversations we had with a lot of fund managers off the back of that. Um, so you think, you know, in, in all honesty, for the, for the charges you pay and for the, the returns that you don't get, are they worthwhile?
1: So specifically, though, are you looking at things like absolute return funds?
0: When, well, partly yes, but but other, other assets that, that are doing different things, you know, ones that are, are utilising um, you know, derivatives or ones that are, are fishing in different parts of the investment pond, that you would have expected to have delivered a different return than, than a Beta 1 sort of product. So yeah, we, we found that with, with some you know, unconstrained bond funds for instance as well and we found it with um, yeah, other, yeah, other equ- pure equity funds as well as just absolute return funds or, or you know, some of these wider power usage funds that, that we also invest in.
1: Raider, what's your experience been like of alternatives?
2: Um, well, uh, we bought gold for the first time in March, um, which was uh, for our mainstream portfolios, of course, not for our sustainable ones. Um, and that has obviously been a a fairly decent trade, although, um, it's perhaps a slightly higher maintenance alternatives. You have to manage the, the position size. Um, we were concerned, um, in Q1 of this year that many of our many of the funds that we own seem to be more correlated, and particularly in this growthy area. And so that underlines the need to bring more alternatives into our portfolio. Um, but we have concentrated on long-short equity funds. Um, I would say, Um, we are rather paranoid about lackluster returns in in that space because um, these vehicles are often more expensive. Um, So I think there's probably a bit more comfort around um, longshore equity and probably um, a preference for managers that are willing to use their balance sheets um, rather than market-neutral managers. I just think it's um, for managers that have the skill, that balance sheet management using their gross and net exposure can really help boost returns.
1: Sophie, has there been disappointment from your end-on alternatives?
3: Um Not hugely. I mean, the way in which we um, kind of view our asset class topography is very much what are the growth drivers of the portfolio? And then what do we need to balance the portfolio to make sure that it's got balance in terms of uh, both defensive and uncorrelated assets? Um, Our exposure to alternatives is not kind of the Uh, the absolute return um, that you're talking to here we've got uh, the likes of um, you know some renewable energy we've got property we've got those um short dated um, abs so parts of the market that we um, as richard and Mona have talked to that we hope will not be correlated to equity markets in periods of market stress like we've seen i think those were probably few and far between in march in particular um, in the immediate um, aftermath and the volatility. But, but post that, I think the majority of our portfolio has actually done um, what we've been expecting it to do. It comes with a trade-off, though, you know, for part of the defensives and fixed-income parts of the market. You're not getting anything from it apart from those uncorrelated defensive characteristics. And so you're not seeing the, the, the return generation and the likes of the equity market.
4: What are your views? Uh, yeah, we were um, lucky enough to hold a, a reasonable amount of gold um, going going into the crisis, and like everyone else, we, we suffered the same problems between the traditional asset classes of uh, uh, you know, when the proverbial hits the fan, and um, you know, correlations just go go to one, uh, and everything goes down in a, in a very short term. Um, so, so we have looked uh, at a range of alternatives, and our, our own um, fund of funds products that, uh, that that we can use. Um, I, I won't. Aggressively plug, um, but obviously it has. Um, it looks looks to be particularly defensive and uh, uncorrelated to fixed income and equity uh, markets, which is where a lot of the traditional types of those vehicles have failed, and that they've had correlations to those markets.
1: I mean, a, a couple of you seem to be saying that you're, you know, been allocating to gold. Um, what are the kind of issues you see on the horizon with that? So, yeah,
2: it's 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 really tricky, um, and. Um, correlations are moving around um, and we've seen equity and bond correlations shift a little bit um, in the last few months uh, will that shift continue um, not sure um, how much inflation our government's going to create too much inflation isn't necessarily great for gold Um so it's really difficult um, i can't tell you that i have a perfect academic framework for this asset class i wish i did um it's one that's probably higher maintenance for us as a result and um, we just keep on coming back to it and back to it and back to it every month and every investment committee to discuss the merits of holding it and um one of the things that we rely on is is this position sizing, as I mentioned. Um it's somewhere where you wanna have a little bit, you know, enough to make a difference when correlations move more towards one, but you definitely don't want to have too much.
0: Richard is going to goodbye. Um as as a as a long term um is a very different conversation to as a short term investment. Um yeah, you know, the the price is where we are at the moment. Uh, gold is a an uncorrelated asset. Um, you know, we're we're heading into you know, less than 100 days before Brexit, uh, less than 30 days before um, uh, or 30 days for the for the U.S. election. Uh, we've got an awful lot of uncertainty going on between you know the U.S. and China in trade. We've not got a vaccine for. Um, uh, for COVID, although I'm looking to hear, interested to hear what Mona has to say about that, uh, if we ever do get to hear about that, and you know, it, it it does make sense that as a an insurance policy, it it it's a good way of you know diversifying, finding a a lowly correlated asset to your portfolio, and being able to um yeah spread spread some risks. So yeah, in in the short term. I think yeah, it, it's it's not a bad thing. I mean, on the other hand, as well, yeah, you know, you've got the US starting to move to a average interest rate policy or an average inflation policy with regards to what they're going to do with interest rates, and yeah, you know, it, it's long been said that that gold is a a good hedge in rising inflation. So yeah, you know, you've got that argument as well.
1: One final question: what, what investment call did you regret
0: over the past six months? Um. Not going long on the 23rd of March. Um, I think it's probably the best way of saying it. Um, uh, it's quite interesting, actually. We build lots of different portfolios for lots of different clients with lots of different objectives. So yeah, we, we we didn't have a... Yeah, a, a central viewers. Yeah, let's go in or let's go out. And you yeah, we 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 did we did have some clients that say take some risk off the table because we do work very closely with clients. We did have other clients say yeah keep keep your foot on the accelerator because you're only a part of what it is we do. Um, the I, I think ultimately that the biggest decision wasn't to jump back in on in into uh, in, into higher growth stuff after all of the. Um, the, the views from the central banks and the stimulus was just going to say there's only one place for this to go. Um, you know, th- there's a as I said earlier, there's a big difference between the real economy and the the stock market economy. Um, but you know, if, if you're investing in the stock market, you've got to think of what's going on in the stock market rather than necessarily what's going on in the in the economy. And if if the government is pumping trillions upon trillions into saving corporates then that's got to be kind of good for corporates, even if at one end it isn't. So I, I guess it was not being uber brave and, and going f- full in when when the signs were that even though the markets were down 30%, you know, I, I didn't think they were going to bounce back as much or as quickly as they did. But I do think that you know, having my time again, I would have played that th- th- thought process a little bit harder and said, you know what, this isn't necessarily bad for, for the short-term stock market. Sophie? Okay.
3: Um, difficult one, I think I'd agree with everything uh, that, that's just been said. We, um, we didn't substantially reduce our equity weighting, but we moved much more into the defensive part of the market. Um, and therefore, while we took part in, in, the, um, in the uptick that Richard um, was alluding to, uh, perhaps we could have done better. Um, one of the things, just coming back to a previous comment that we've been working on is um, you know potential inflationary environments and gold has been one of the key um, key focuses of our research attention, and we haven't made that move yet. so um, perhaps perhaps I'll go with that one.
2: Cool.
4: Yeah, having, having lived through the financial crisis, just not not recognizing that helicopter money was going to work again. Uh, you know, in hindsight, it was it was pretty obvious, as, as Richard said, that you know, throwing throwing money at the problem um, fixed, fixed it quite comfortably in uh, in March '09, um, and, and this, you know, on a market basis, fixed it incredibly quickly uh, this time.
2: Sounds like we um, all need a coach to help us be more courageous, to be braver in our investment decisions, because I will certainly echo those thoughts and say, yeah, we reduced value and increased gold, but we tried to be really measured about it and we weren't um, brave enough. I guess we should have just dived in. Schroeder's
0: is built on 200 years of experience and expertise. We partner with our clients, constructing innovative products and solutions across private assets and alternatives, solutions, mutual funds, institutional and wealth management. By combining our commitment to active management and focus on sustainability, our strategic capabilities are designed to deliver positive outcomes. With over 5,000 talented staff across
3: 35 locations, we are able to stay close to our clients and understand their needs.